Hey there, Soul Family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic, soul-centered life. Today we are covering one of our regular episodes, The Spiritual Man, and I'm really excited. I feel quite honored to um, have this gentleman on the show today. He is someone that I have been connected to over a number of years now through the world of business. And uh, in the past, his focus has been very much on business and on success and on mindset. But very recently, his entire life has, has really uh, taken a shift. And I have noticed and reconnected with him just recently uh, and really noticed that he's really operating more uh, so much from a heart space now rather than a head space and a mind space. And so um, he's doing some incredible things since this shift has occurred in his life. I know his relationships are a whole lot deeper. Uh, and I just see that everything he's doing he's just doing from a place of grace and ease um i'm gonna i'm really excited to kind of go into the details of what has taken place in his life to create this shift and then what is happening now and the abundance that is flowing to him because of the fact that he is so much more aligned with who he is at the moment. So his name is Mr. Michael Panilla, lives down here uh, in Australia. I know most of you listening are from uh, the US, the UK and other countries around the world. But the Aussies, you know, it's always good to, to hear from another Aussie. Um, and so, Michael, I just want to make sure you are there on the line with us first. Make sure you can hear me clearly. Are you there? I certainly am, Holly. Hope you can yes. hear me all right. Absolutely. Very loud and clear. And look, I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for making yourself available. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to go through this journey. And I, you know, we spoke recently. And in fact, you interviewed me on, on your live cast recently. And, you know, I felt you. I really, really felt you. I love your, your openness, your transparency and your authenticity. And I just had this overbearing feeling of you know, um, I need to interview you because, you know, when we, when we look at the spiritual man as such, you know, there's so many people awakening, don't get me wrong. But in saying that there is a real, um, I guess, you know, block in men to some degree because of, you know, what, what society has taught us, it means to be a man and vulnerability is something that the vast majority of men shy away from um, and it makes them feel less of a man when they are in a vulnerable space. But, you know, I love how you are so open about everything and, and you put your vulnerability on display, which allows you to connect so much deeper with people. And I certainly felt that when, when you and I were chatting. So, you know, I'm really excited to you know jump into this um and to really uh you know get into the details about what the journey has been like so that not just men out there but people out there can embrace uh you know what might be going on for them and they might be able to see themselves in your story so before we get into all of that maybe i'd let me just hand over to you and uh, maybe just tell the audience a little bit more about yourself just so they can not only hear who you are but they can get a feel for who you are Thanks for that, Holly. Well, I'll probably start, you know, like when my, when my kids were born, you know, around about uh, just over 10 years ago, it was a completely like a life-changing moment for me. I realized that being a dad is, you know, part of my, 
my purpose here. And um, that kind of started shifting things slowly. But in the last uh, 12 months, around about 12 months ago, I had like a catastrophic event just with business, with me uh, becoming conscious, consciously aware of, of how I've been living my life, the choices I've been making, everything kind of came to a head. Uh, my relationship as well with my wife, we, we had a, a big uh, bump in the road that was due to, to me, you know, just focusing on things like business, uh, just being so self-absorbed, you know, with right. this success thing. Right, right. Well, that's what I can't wait to get into. And there's so many different facets to your story. But maybe just for the for the benefit of the audience to understand and to really connect with, um, I guess, the the enormity of the shift in you, I think it's important to explain first, you know, who you were back then. I mean, when I first met you, I always, you know, looked up to you in the world of business. You definitely, I saw you as a leader and you, you, you achieved quite a lot of success. And like you were saying, you know, that, that focus on success, it was something that was damaging even your, even your marriage. So maybe take us through that first. Who were you before this awakening process? Who were you back then? What, what did life look like for you? What was your focus on? You know, where did you get your significance and what was the price you paid for that life what was the, what did it cost you in the way of whether it be being a parent being a husband what was the cost to living that way well I was totally embroiled in in business so uh, you know I've, I've been an entrepreneur I've had my own businesses basically all my life um, and you know I've, I've had a, a background as well within the network marketing industry uh, where I learned a lot as well about leadership and you know all that all that stuff, and I, yep. I really enjoyed that as well. Built a big team, um, and look, my life was from the outside looked like a, a perfect kind of life. You know, a great wife, great kids, great family life, uh, success in what we would call you know within this way that we live for the average person uh, looking out would would mm -hmm. say that. I was living a successful life, but inside of me, um, I always felt that I was very restricted. I was looking at this picture from a very restricted point of view, but I never really had the courage to follow that inner uh, nudge that, I, that was always there. So I was really self-involved, right? Okay. Um, which kind of shut me out of the rest of the world. Yes. Yeah, it does. And, and being self-involved is typically a protection mechanism of some kind that we are, we are protecting ourselves from seeing what we don't want to see because it makes us vulnerable or it hurts or there's unresolved pain that we have to deal with or we lose our significance and things like that. So what was it, what was it for you? Uh, you know, that if you look back now and say, you know, I'm so self-involved, that self-involvement, because everything we do works for us at some level, right? Every single behavior we have, even the behaviors that we know are damaging us and hurting our life, at some level, they're working for us, which is why we use them. So how was that life at that time working for you? Well, it was feeding my ego. It was feeding my sense of accomplishment, the, the, the tags the um, the things that I attached myself to the the status of of yeah. being 
you know, having a, an upper management title on my business card or having a lot of people come to me for, for advice or, or help right. in, in things, you know, like having a nice car, having, living in a nice place. Okay. All of these things were things that uh, were feeding my ego and I thought that that was the real me for yes. most of my life, which yeah, was so- a big mistake. Right, because it had become your identity, right? Correct, that's right. And, and then even when you know that, um, you know, that, you know, when you get to the point where you realise that uh, it's not working for you and that changes are required in your life, it is a scary process to let go of uh, our identities or the things that we have used to identify ourselves with. Uh, even though we know we need to, it's such a scary process because we don't know who we are without that. And it's almost like, well, it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't at the beginning of the awakening process. Well, it's one thing to know that I really need to let go of this pattern of drama in my life or for you, this pattern of, you know, success, if you like, and how I, how I portray myself outwardly to the world, et cetera, et cetera. But, and so you get to a point where it's like, I know I need to let go of this. I know this pattern doesn't serve me. It's not helping me. I can see that the, the, the damage that's happening, you know, there's debris everywhere in my life, but it's still scary because it's like, if, but if I'm not this person, who am I then? Who am I without these identities? Tell us about that process for you. Like what, I guess right at the beginning, you know, what was, what was it you were afraid of in the beginning to, um, to release yourself from? Well, it was, for me, it was a a process where almost immediately my awareness was increased by a massive level. So my awareness shone a light on what I was doing. So now I was aware of the repercussions of of everything like that I was doing. So I could could actually see it where before I was kind of mostly unconscious to that. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now let's go into that then. Because, like, uh, you know, let's, what was it that lifted the veil off your eyes? What was it that, uh, tell us about, because I guess just taking a step back, when the last time I was really following you, and I guess before this, this point that you were talking about 12 months ago, um, I remember, you know, I always seen you as a, as a success in many companies. And like you said, you had been quite successful and built large organizations in, in network marketing. And then I remember you went through a process of, um, uh, starting your own company, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember watching, you know, what you were doing and, 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 um, you know, I was, I even felt really inspired. I'm like, man, you're brave. Like that's a big thing to do. And then all of a sudden I kind of, I don't know whether Facebook just stopped showing you up on my, on my wall or whether you checked yourself out of social media for a while or whatever, but I kind of felt like I didn't, I, all of a sudden I just didn't see you then for a while. And now I've seen you come back in this, in this whole different light, which is, which we'll get to later. So, um, yeah, take us through that process. What was the moment for you? You know, take us through the pain. What was it that happened for you? What was that awakening moment that started to, you know, uh, to heighten your awareness around what was really going on in your life? Well, I had a series of wake up calls. I had a series of events. One of them was with my marriage with my wife, where I I never ever in my life thought that my marriage could possibly be threatened in any way. I thought it was secure. And this was part of um, the actual, you know, lifting the veil, my awareness, showing me what I was doing wrong. And that was like a, a a huge wake up call that was so shocking to me that 
basically chopped my legs from under me. I felt like my whole world was, you know, had come crashing down because for a while there, I thought that our family was going to be split, that Trace and I were going to split up and what that was going to do to the kids and, you know, just all, all of that. And it took me off guard so badly that it just rocked my entire world. And I immediately knew I needed to, um, I needed to lay low. I needed to um, get close to spirit. I, I, I had that calling for a very, very long time for many, many years and I ignored it. And when this happened, I just had this sure intuition that opened up instantly and I was certain, okay, this is what I've got to do. And um, it humbled me immediately. And that was the beginning. That was my very first surrender where I, I just surrendered myself totally. Wow. My God, I'm getting like these waves of tingles go through me as I hear you speak. Like I, spirits with us right now. I can feel it. Um, tell us, tell us, you know, you said that you had this feeling in you for a long time and, and typically that's how, you know, that's how God, spirit, the universe plays things out that we always get taps on the shoulder before we get punched in the face. So what happened with your marriage was obviously the punch in the face for you. What were the taps on the shoulder for you? So just to just, you know, it might seem so easy for you to think of right now because you know, once you've been through it, you're like, it's just so clear to see. But I guess if you can, can you explain it in a way for the person out there that has purposely crossed paths with us right now listening to this show who who is in the situation you were in where they're getting taps on the shoulder but they're not even realizing that they're taps which is why they're not responding or maybe they're at the next stage where now they're realizing they're getting taps but they're frozen in fear they don't know how to respond it feels like there's too much to lose in order to respond to that because the identity is going to have to go um, in order to open up to that so maybe can you take us through some of what were your taps on the shoulder that maybe you didn't realize were at the time? You thought they were no big deal. They'll be fine. They'll pass over. When I finally get there, I can see my marriage is pressured. But when I finally launch this company or when I finally get this success, it'll all be okay then. It'll, it'll make up for it because that's what the world of success teaches us. You know, it's worth it. You know, you have to make sacrifices. You have to be willing to do anything, which I just completely disagree with because I think the one thing we should never be willing to do is to dishonor the journey of our soul. But a lot of people do do that because success mentality, the downside of it is it teaches us you need to pay the price and, and, and you know, you need to be willing to do it no matter what. So maybe let, let me just open up that topic of conversation. What were the taps on the shoulder for you that someone sitting there is going, Oh my gosh, it wasn't until you said that, that now I can realize shit, I'm being tapped on the shoulder too. I think we all know, I think we all know deep down what's going on here. We all, we all know in the silence of our own being, irrespective of how distracted we are by anything, we all have this knowing. It's just that, it's not that we ignore it, but this lifetime, this, this journey that we're, we're here on, on earth is basically a test. So we're in like a testing ground and of course we fall for the temptations we, we fail the test because we're meant to, you know, right, it's, right. this is a hard thing. Like being human, being in this incarnation, this is like a really testing thing for, for our, for our soul. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fully in-depth, you know, real life video game where you are going to be tested 
absolutely to way past what, what you can handle. That's the whole idea of it. Yes. So yes. I think we're all aware deep down that, you know, we shouldn't dive headlong into uh, selling out to success and that money and material objects are going to um, solve anything. But at the time, we can easily be led into that uh, arena and, and, and immerse ourselves in it and forget that, right. you know, that what we, what we know deep down, it's just a matter of prioritizing it. We just don't prioritize that yep. tiny little voice that we all know is right, but mm-hmm. it's just that the temptation is, is too much. Oh my God, look at this guy driving this car. Oh my God, look at this guy earning uh, $400, my friend now. Oh, look at this, look at this, I'm making it. Wow, this is what I've always wanted. And it's just temptation, temptation, temptation. Yeah. And we, you know, we, it's, it's a very rare individual in all honesty that can hold their ground when that starts to happen. You know, right. wisdom comes from failure. Wisdom comes from tripping over and falling for these things. Wisdom mm-hmm. comes from overcoming and outgrowing that down the track. But you can't outgrow it unless you fall for it first. Yeah, I like that's, that. Yeah, that's how I felt anyway. Like I feel that a lot of, a lot of my uh, wisdom or whatever you want to call it comes from me being such an absolute dick, you know, and then... And then seeing that and just, yes. and just accepting it and, and being open about it. Yes, I, right. I completely stuffed that up. Which is why, which is what, you know, which is why you are so impactful now uh, in being able to teach those lessons because they're not something you took from a book and recited. You know, they're something you have lived, that you have grown through um, and that you have, you know, um, like you say, you know, deepened your awareness because of which. So now, you know, your, your personal life experience makes you so congruent with what you're speaking. And it's not the words that you're saying that are touching the souls because I could come along, hear your story and recite it and say the same words. But if it wasn't my story, if I didn't live it, the difference is I can use the same words to explain the same principles, but I don't have the vibration and the frequencies that connect me with the person person who's receiving the message the only time that you have that you carry the vibration with the message which ultimately you know that's how our souls get fed words are only you know part of the human experience vibrations are the soul experience so if you're using empty words you've got all these beautiful articulated words and and perfectly orchestrated sentences but you don't have the feeling that goes with it because you haven't lived what you're speaking then the ability of that message to touch and connect and be received by the person who needs it is completely different and that's why you know because you're teaching from such an an, an authentic space that's why you are really reaching people yeah i I actually resonate with that a lot because uh most of the time the vast majority of the time um you know it's not that i'm in a confused state but I don't know anything new than what I used to know before. It's just, yeah, it's like there's not anything new there. And I, when I'm in the presence of somebody who's like really, really wise, I, I feel that I am not wise, that, that this person is truly wise. But what, what I do have is that I've learned to, you know, really just submit to all of the, 
rubbish that we we buy ourselves into like you know i really did create a persona of myself mm-hmm. and it was all uh artificial it wasn't it wasn't real and i i bought into that to the point where i believed that that was me yeah the real me mm. so i was constantly defending that I, yeah. I was spending my whole life uh trying to make myself look good i was trying to spend my life trying to make myself appear to be happy instead of just being happy and yes, there's, a, there's such yes. a difference there. yes it, and that's that's ego's role right whether you call it ego the devil the enemy you know whatever there is for every force there there must be an equal and opposite force and so you know whatever label people give that opposite energy that's what ego wants us to, ego wants to sell us a story and ego knows us so well ego knows us as well as spirit does ego knows exactly where um where our weaknesses are you know it knows what we're hungering for and so it sells us a story that we then buy into because that's how you know it claims its territory without attaching ourselves and identifying with those thoughts and those feelings that we think are ours but they're actually not they're just a story being sold to us but for as long as we believe that that really is our thought and that really is our feeling like you're saying that you know that you're feeling successful that you're feeling happy you know you're trying to look like you are um for as long as we believe that those emotions that that one moment of feeling happy really but is our feeling it's not just a feeling that's being sold to us that we're believing is real that isn't really you know, that's how ego stays alive. That, that is exactly like you said before, you know, what fed your ego is what keeps it alive. That's its blood supply, you know, to, to be able to, um, you know, that's what allows ego to, to hold strong to the territory within you. So I love the way that you've worded all that, you know, and, and how open you are. Take us through some of your taps on the shoulder, if, if you're open to it, of course, if you're open to sharing some specifics. Like, was there a moment, can you remember a night where maybe you'd been working all day and I don't know, maybe you, you promised the kids something and then uh, you got a business meeting that ran late and so they were let down and, or you came home one night and Trace was in tears because she just feels like, you haven't even noticed her for a week or something. And, you know, maybe there's something going on in her life, but you're so busy focusing on your success that you didn't even notice that your own wife wasn't herself or what was it like? Can you remember any specific things? Sure. I mean, there was, there was many, many of them. I would, I would get home. uh, I would arrive home many, many times where I would open the door to a beautiful family to trace Alexander, Nikita there, and I would just be so full of my own problems that I was not present with them at all. And I was just shutting them out of me, not meaning to, but just through uh, that I was unconscious. I was so self-absorbed that I, I was not present. I was not fully aware of you know, walking in their shoes of, of, of them in that situation. In what way? way? How would you shut them out? Would you walk in the house, say hi, and then go into the office and do more work? Would you say, okay, guys, just hang on a minute. I've got to make a phone call. Would you walk in the house and be on the phone? What was, how were you shutting them out without, because in that moment, you, you don't realize the intensity of how much you're shutting them out. Now looking back, you're like, wow, I was shutting you guys out. You know, that, hurts my heart to know that I couldn't even see that at that time that you guys were sitting there waiting for me waiting for me creating this picture in your mind of what would happen when I walk through the door and that I'd walk through and I'd be with you but I'd walk in and every time I'd let you down because I'd do this or I'd do that 
what was your way? And this is really important. I really want to get into the details for men out there because the, in order to even see it, it requires vulnerability. Vulnerability is what gives courage its name. And this is part of the reason why, you know, so many men are in particular, not, not just, I don't want to stereotype men, but obviously this show is, you know, predominantly for the spiritual man, that they, um, they, they do need the punch in the face, you know, and I'd love to create a scenario where no one needs the punch in the face. Everyone gets the taps on the shoulders. Um, so, but in order to get that tap, you've got to be open to it. To be open to it, you've got to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is a scary thing for a man. So um, share that with us. What were the ways, because there's a man listening right now going, oh yeah, I get what you say. Oh yeah, I've heard this before. Oh yeah, like let's, 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 you and I, let's, I want you to give them the punch in the face. If you're walking in the house and this is happening, if you're not even seeing that as a tap on the shoulder, that is your tap. What, what would it be for you? What were those taps specifically? What were you doing to check out and to distance yourself and things like that? So I, I would always, I mean, I've, I've always been a family man. So I would always be with them. Okay. In, in person. So in I, I would, yes, I would right. be in the same room with Trace and the kids, wherever they were, I'd be, but okay. I wasn't actually present there with them. I was thinking about, you know, uh, things to do with business, what was coming up tomorrow. Um, if the phone would, would ring, I would answer it. And, you know, I would allow people to be on the phone an hour or two hours with me um, wow. during that, that time. I would allow stuff like that to happen. So Gotcha. That's beautiful. That's, and I, I felt that shiver just again. So it's almost like spirit just went, beautiful. That's the answer. Somebody needed what you just said right then. Yeah, well, that's that's um, that's how it was, and this and this continued on for, you know, a couple of years, and I I sensed I sensed it, but it wasn't until Trace and I sat down, and you know, she pretty much said to me, Mike, you you really need to wake up, like we're losing you, um, wow. Wow. you know, and we may have to like walk our own separate ways, kind of thing that that conversation is the one that that really just instantaneously i i woke up my awareness just woke up and started shining light on the dark areas that i could not see that were in shadow before through my um just being unconscious i could now see what was in those shadows and i could see what i was what i was doing you know as you started speaking about that like there was a a real distinct moment just now where you know, we all felt you. There was emotion right there. So, you know, if, if, if you wouldn't mind, if, if you're open to this, can you share more with us on that conversation? You know, I, I want a guy out there to feel it like it's his own feeling, you know, or not even a guy, a woman, you know, it could be any, a person out there. Um, you know, share with us that moment, you know, um, and not just what was said, I guess, you know, we don't need the details on your personal conversation as such, but the experience. So you said like, there's a, you know, immediately I awakened, but what were the feelings of that? Had, did you feel like a failure? Had you felt, you know, um, what, what, how, what words could you use to describe that moment for you from an emotional space, a vulnerable space and from a heart space? Well, it was a, it was a terrifying moment. Um, there was anger immediately. There was immediate anger of like, you know, myself, how could I have let things get to this? 
also off trace, angry at trace, like, whoa, you know, like how, how can you be slapping this onto me like this just out of the blue, even though I knew that that wasn't the case. It was still anger towards that. Um, You know, but at the same time, there was this incredible immediate feeling of, you know, exactly what to do here. This is where everything changes. There was, a, there was a very strong feeling of that. So I knew somehow immediately that I needed to surrender to the situation that um, this wasn't about fairness. This wasn't about uh, judgment. This was just simply about acceptance, that I needed to accept my own behavior for what it was. You know, I needed to accept that truth. I needed to accept that Trace was upset. I needed to accept that I'd failed the family, that I wasn't present. I needed to accept all of that right there and then. And somehow I just knew that it was a life-defining moment for me and it was do or die. Either I do it now or forever for the rest of my life, I continue just being unconscious. And I I just knew that I'm going to fix this right now. And I made that decision right there to... And it's part of my character as a man, because, you know, typically up until now, and I believe there's a a huge shift in consciousness happening right across the planet, and this is all changing. But um, up until, you know, very recently, society has um, defined the role of the man essentially as the provider and the protector. And so you're out there, you know, working hard on businesses, trying to be successful. And, you know, I guess the, the story ego sells you at that time is I'm trying to do the right thing. Like I want to provide for my family. I have been busting my butt. I've been working long hours. I never get a break either. I'm always, you know, there's that story that certainly goes on. And so in, was there, um, you know, in amongst all that emotion, was there that feeling for you that almost like a, uh, yep, you had to accept and see it from Trace's point of view, but is, is there also a moment of almost resentment where your ego tries to defend itself to go, I'm pissed off that you're thinking of quitting on us. Do you know how hard I'm trying to work for us? I've been doing all this for us type of story. Sure. That, that happened beforehand. So I was already going through that for about a year prior during okay. the buildup to this. So okay. yes, that, w- that was certainly there. By the time that the actual, the big event happened where Trace and I sat down and really, you know, that moment where I, accepted it and I, I knew what I had to do by that point I'd already been through so much internal pain and suffering that I was ready I was mm. ready to surrender to it, Got it. I'd, I'd, yep. I'd realized that okay I've been feeling angry for the last year building up to this and it's not getting me anywhere so right. I, I kind of could see that it, it, it is all ego this isn't about um you know, fairness or blame or whose fault is it like, this is just, this is something that's, it's a higher order game. It's a higher level of vibration. And I need to, I need to go up there, you know? Wow. Um, It's a higher order game. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It it just felt like that. And it still, it still feels like that. You know, I constantly check myself like, you know, Mike, come on, you need to play the higher order game. You need to be up at that higher vibration, not down so dense, you know, where we take ourselves so seriously and, and, and yeah. ego just dominates at that level. Yes. Yes. I, oh, wow. Okay. Take us now then into what happened next. So you have the moment, you have the awakening and I'm sure, and you know, actually I've been in the situation myself where there's this feeling that overwhelms you of, um, of like, once you can see it, 
you just want to fix it all now. It's like, it's like, you know, it's going to take time. You're sitting there looking in your case at your wife who is just broken and, you know, and, and, and almost feeling helpless to how, you know, how can she change the situation? She's been trying to cling on to something that she's been feeling like she's losing for a long time. And you got all this stuff to deal with. Um, you know, how, um, what happens next for you? You know, what, what happened from just maybe start with that. Just what happened next? Okay. So immediately after that, I had an incredible sense of relief. Okay. Like the, 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 the acceptance, the acceptance of it was just this feeling where my heart opened up, you know, my heart opened up as a man, like most of us have that closed off. Mm-hmm. Um, even for those, those of us fellas who think that we are heart centered, there comes a moment where that really honestly does get tested. And mm-hmm. then when we are, it's like, okay, now I know what, what surrendering is. Now I know what yeah. really being heart centered is. And that's kind of what happened. There was this relief of like, oh my God, this is what it feels like. This is what I should have done years ago. And there was an immediate kind of, uh, response. Beautiful. from Trace, uh, from the kids. I, you know, as soon as I started being present with them, the, the, the repercussions were immediate. Um, yeah. and, and I could see like, wow, this is so powerful. And that's where I really started to question my personal development training. This is where I started to really question my business uh, MO, the way that I was conducting myself. This is where I really started to see that, okay, the little picture is there's no excuse to make the little picture the dominating story in our lives, like paying bills, saving money, being successful in business, having a good car, having a good title on your business card, having people look up to you. Like, you know, all of this stuff is lower order. This is the little game. There is a big game, but the, the trick to all of this, the test in this life is that the little game looks like the big game and the big yes. game looks like the little game. And oh, that's wow. the ego tricking us, you know? So yeah. I, I saw that and went, oh man, the little stuff is the big stuff. This is where you win. Mm. You know? So that shift was Ooh, just crazy. Yeah. Now, when you get the shift and you have the moment, okay, there's still... Uh, there's still a healing process that needs to take place before you are whole. When you realize how broken you are, you don't just get the awakening and then go, oh, cool, I'm ready now, I see it. You still have to go through a process of healing. That's what the grief process is all about. And actually, you've kind of touched on it. Uh, um, I use an acronym for the grief process. It's called the Sarah process. First, we're in shock. Like, how could this be happening? What's going on? You know, how, how could you do this? How could, all this kind of stuff. How could I have been so stupid or whatever? Then we go into anger. Okay. Then we go, then we go through rejection. We feel rejected by whatever has taken place, whether you've lost a job or, you know, your wife, you feel in your case, rejected by your wife or whatever. Then we go into acceptance and then we begin the healing process. So that spells out Sarah. Now, what was, so you've, you've had this moment of acceptance. Okay. 
what was the healing journey? You mentioned it happened a year ago and it's only been recently that, you know, you are, you see, you're coming out into your seed season again. You've been, it's like you've been through your winter and, you know, you've had literally every branch snapped off your tree. You are nothing but your trunk. If anything, half your trunk's gone and you, you kind of got right down to your roots, which is a beautiful thing. Um, so what has the process from that moment for the next 12 months or whatever it was, what, what, what was that like for you? What did you do to nurture yourself, to heal yourself, to find yourself and to repair those, to release the parts that weren't you and to repair the broken parts of you that do belong to you, that are you, but were broken. What did you do through that healing process so that you could get to the point where you're at now, where you are whole and you are ready and you are in your seed season and you're planting seeds like crazy and there's a harvest coming to your family. The best way for me to explain that is it, it, it was a process of simmering. So it was a process of reducing. So where all, all my life I was like trying to build myself up, build myself up, build myself up, you know, with, with um, things that are not real. As I was doing that, of course, I was closing my connection to the source. I was, I was more confused because I was thinking the little picture was a big picture. So as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm, in a confused state. So as I was then moving forward from this awakening that I had and the realization and the awareness of what, what was really going on and the direction I needed to go in, I, for, the, for the next 12 months leading up to now, it's just been a process of reduction, mm-hmm. reducing myself, reducing my uh, involvement in activities that are based on... Um, feeding the ego either myself or other people's um you know reducing myself from um you know like participating in in any stories within myself that are there to like build myself up or make myself look good or or make myself feel powerful like anything like that and that's it's really really difficult it's a huge challenge you know it's all about uh being humbled it's all about uh, reducing, bringing yourself closer to, to the earth. Um, you can't be up in the sky. Yeah. You know, um, this process is coming out of the sky and, and falling back to earth, being absorbed by the earth. Like, you know, you know, in wintertime, the earth absorbs back into itself before it can sprout, you know, afterwards. And that's, that's how I felt. I felt yeah. like everything was reducing, you know, all the leaves were falling off. The branches were falling off. Like you were saying, I was being, humbled i was being broken down you know to the Mm -hmm. point where i was i was on the same level as the dirt because that's where my treasure was and from that level i had to i had to be down low like Mm -hmm. close close to the real me not not the airy fairy you know jargon that we all kind of (laughs) uh, seek to build ourselves up to that all had to go and i had to do it myself I had to willingly work through that and make choices to, to lower myself down to that How? level so I could. Did you, well, do, you, do you meditate? Do you pray? Do you go out into nature? You know, what have been the ways that you have, you've mentioned the word, you know, humbling yourself a lot. And I believe that in, in the process of humbling, what we're ultimately doing is connecting to spirit because you, yes. are, con- you are always connected to a source, okay? And if you don't um, intentionally connect with the source, with spirit, by default, that then provides a space for ego to come in and look like it's 
the source. And to, you know, if, if you're not connected to spirit, by default, you're going to be connected to ego. There, ha- there is an energy working through you at all times. And uh, in order to disconnect from the energy that we don't want to be connected to, we have to intentionally connect to, you know, the source that does fill us. So, what what do you do to connect with spirit and to stay in that space in in a moment where you mentioned before how it's you know really hard sometimes to detach from the things you know let's say if you're in a moment where you know you were tempted you caught yourself being tempted to um to want something that is your old identity or to look like you were happy or whatever it might be in that moment when you're conscious of it, how do you shift? What do you say to yourself to reduce yourself, to bring yourself out of that thought before you act on it and into your heart space? For me, I, I look, I become aware of my decisions. So um, what, what leads me into uh, a, an egotistical kind of uh, space is when I'm making decisions based on fear you know and most guys are like well I don't I don't I'm not afraid of anything you know I'm not but they don't realize that they're actually the fact that they're even saying that that's already a fear-based decision (laughs) I don't want to look weak so I've got to look strong well that's fear already because you're not even comfortable enough to admit that you know it's better to make a love-based decision so there's so much fear that you know we we can't even admit that we're fearful so i look at my my decisions there like what led me to to that point and it's always a fear-based decision or oh, how dare that person speak to me that way that made me look silly so now a decision is made that's based on fear and wherever that leads it's already the wrong place it's already leading wow. to an egotistical dead end so i look at what caused me to what decision caused me to land in that space and it's very clear straight away it's like yes I made that decision and that was a fear-based decision and here's why I made it and and that immediately in one second it's like I'm aware of it and it's like silly boy and I just let it go I don't I don't dwell on it I I went through all of that Um, it doesn't do any good that's so great point. Go. how do you not so okay so because of the programmings in particularly a man around you know being that way in the first place so now you're in a space where you realize i see what i've just done i see it's out of fear i see it's driven by ego and i need to step out of that space what is um okay so you step out of it and go you know what okay i can see it and i'm not going to move in that direction but how then the second effect of that, and for the person at the beginning of this process, then ego then tries to get you a second way in a very subtle way of then getting you in a space where you, you criticize yourself, you know, because then that same criticism that's, oh, geez, I'm such an idiot. Jesus, bloody hell, why do I keep doing this? And, you know, getting frustrated with yourself. Um, did you have that experience? And if so, how did you exit that space? So you exit the first space of being able to see it and then ego tries to catch you again while you're on the back foot and then put you in a space where now, you know, you're criticizing or you're judging yourself or, and you're judging yourself against the criteria that you were given or that was programmed onto you by your parents or by society saying that these kind of things is what it takes to be a man or whatever. So now you're in a space of feeling like, oh, I stuffed up again. I stuffed up again. Did you find yourself criticizing yourself for a little while? And if so, how did you then release the criticism so that you, like you just said, so that you can completely release it and just let it go? For sure. Yeah, I, I was definitely, I definitely went through that and that was very, very intense. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm still going through that now, just in different, in varying degrees. So yeah. um, 
pretty much what I learned through experience is that judging yourself can, can, can be a much more damaging than the place that you came from prior to that. Yeah, so, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It can, it can really put you in a, in a confused state because it's coming from yourself. So mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to see when somebody triggers you, you can, you can see what happened. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I was triggered by that because I wanted to look powerful in front of people that I respect. And this person made me look silly um, to, to me. Like I did that. I, my ego came up with that. So it's easy to deal with that internally, but when it's yourself doing it, it's another level. So it, yeah. it can be quite confused where you're judging yourself, but at the same time, you're still, you're still wanting to uh, naturally lay the blame on other areas. So you're, you're blaming yourself, you're judging yourself, but then you're kind of like dragging other people in it. Movies are being, uh, you know, produced and directed inside your own head and mm. it, it, it can really throw you off course. So I uh, reached a point where I just started to be gentle with myself. Mm. You know, I just started to, instead of trying to be this hard, uh, confident, you know, like, um, rah-rah type of leader with yourself yep. to just kind of let let it all go and be gentle with yourself okay like I am a little bit confused here I'm not a hundred percent sure what I'm doing or how to get out of this but what I am sure about is you know I'm going to be gentle with myself and I'm just going to let go of the anger for a start so I can just be calm and look at look at the situation and I think that helped me so much to just be gentle with myself because when I felt how successful that was and how easily I was overcoming the obstacles that I was putting in front of myself by just being loving and gentle towards myself, then I thought, wow, if this is how it feels, how's it going to feel for people around me? And that's when I started to then be more gentle, accepting, non-judgmental to other people. And that, that response again was so monumental for me like it changed my life yeah it really changed my life i relate absolutely relate to that that was that was literally avoided one of my personal processes as well um you know in being able to release judgment from others and yourself and things like that that was that you know ultimately why i used to perform some of the my behaviors as well before uh, you know the beginning of my awakening journey mike um share with us now where life's at now for you. I wanna, I wanna leave the audience before we start wrapping up. A um, that that inspiration that I fe- that I feel when I see what you're doing now. You know, for the person who's sitting here listening, going, "Shit, this sounds like an awful process." I'm, I think I'm in the process. It almost scares me because, you know, I've now heard how much more I still have to go through before I get there. Let's now, you know, put the put the light at the end of the tunnel for them, and and, and I want them to not only hear from you, but I want the audience to feel it and if you're out there listening please right now pay attention to what you are feeling not just what you are hearing okay so Mike take us through where is life at for you now how does it feel for you now you mentioned earlier about living you know from a heart space now rather than a head space what does that mean what does that look like for you and since you've been in this space how is life opening up for you? What, what has been uh, both the tangible and the intangible results of that? Like, so that someone out there can hear this and go, okay, 
it's so worth it. I don't care what I have to go through. I actually do not care. In this, this is my moment where I make my decision. I don't care what level of pain I must endure, what level of vulnerability I must expose of myself. I am ready for this because I want what's on the other side. Let, I want them to feel what's, what, what's on the other side and you know where life's at for you now. I can't even begin to explain how incredibly beautiful my life has become just in the last year. I can't even, I mean, that's a couple of hours just there. It's, uh, I mean, just from a family standpoint, you know, my relationship with my wife, my kids, my, my best friends, my colleagues, my clients, you know, a year ago, if you would have said to me that I would be helping uh, entrepreneurs uh, you know, reach their dreams, not by, you know, mindset, but, right. but by heart set, by, by treating people right, by humbling themselves. You know, I, I, there's, I couldn't even imagine that a year ago, but in the short space of one year, I've just realized that what you do at home is the, is the foundation for any success you could possibly dream of outside you know, that if you don't get it right at home, it's just not, it's not going to work. And if it does work, then home is going to suffer. So you're going to be back at that point anyway. You know, like this has been the most incredible 12 months of my life. And it was just a shift from intellectualizing things to really being those things and, and really living it like the simplest things you know, like being in the moment with people, like not judging people, being accepting of everyone, not, not just people that disagree with you, but just people that are being difficult with you, just accepting it, that that's where they are in their life. Mm-hmm. You, you have no right to step in and you're nobody to, to reshape this person. Like, you know, you've got your own love to become, you've got mm-hmm. your own light to shine and, and they have to do it themselves. So the best example you could be to others is by just working it out yourself and, and allowing them to see that and work it out for themselves. So, you know, a lot of this last year has been these kind of realizations for me of, of just, you know, staying, staying close to uh, the real, the real me, the real feelings, the the little things are the big things, you know, um, and that has opened up a whole new world for me. You know, I think uh, you, you kind of um, have to, I explain it in a way of, uh, and tell me whether or not you agree with this, that you have to give up your agenda in order to accept your assignment. Whereas before you were living a life of agenda, you, you, weren't, on, you, you weren't living in accordance with the plan, you were on your plan. You know, there's your plan and then there's the bigger plan. And um, in order to be able to receive your life's assignment and to be aligned with that, first of all, you have to be willing to release and give up your agenda. And now, since you did that, you know, you really have uh, been called to your life's work and, uh, you know, to exactly what your life is assigned for. So, and, um, you know, obviously with with launching your um 
I love your The Awakening Point. I love the live cast as well. I love how you do it. I love the professionalism. And you've still got all those business things about you, it, it, you know, your business skills, if you like, as part of it. So it's not as if we're saying you have to abandon the whole lot of who you ever were before and everything you ever known and just be this heart space, rah-rah, kumbaya type thing. It's like, no, bring that, bring that, that those experiences with you, but just, um, you know, just, just work it from a different space. And so I see you now, you know, all the incredible skills and things you had in business, but now it's working from a heart space. So tell the audience about, uh, about that, about what it, what it's like uh, once you have, um, I guess, answered the call to your life's assignment and share exactly what is your assignment, Mike? What are you doing? What's your vision? What do you see now? You know, what are, you know, who, who are you feeling called to, to reach out to? And, and also, if in all of that, if you could also mention, how can the audience get in touch with you? If there is someone on the line that's just like, I need to connect with this guy. And I, you know, I don't, a radio show is not enough. I feel like I just, I've got to cross his path. I've got to be, I've got to connect direct with him. How can people find you, um, you know, and uh, in amongst you know, all the things you're doing now? Uh, they can Facebook me, uh, okay. Michael Penilla, P-I-N-I-L-L-A, mm-hmm. or they can uh, visit The Awakening Point on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, or they could go straight to the website, www.theawakeningpoint.com. Um, just with those three things there, one yep. way or another, they'll, they'll find me. Okay. What is the awakening point? Share, share, share with us the vision of that. So you, cause I, I see, I feel, this is like, I, I've listened to your shows and obviously I've personally experienced, you know, just the, the safeness you provide in, um, you know, being interviewed. It just, it's not, they're not just questions. They, I feel the space they come from. <laughs> So, you know, I love yeah. it. I love it. So what, um, what's the vision with that? What do you see for yourself? The awakening point is, is a space that, that we've created to help people uh, follow their bliss, to help them become the real version of themselves, you know, to, to walk the spiritual life, but at the same time to make the shift to, to be able to earn a living doing that as well, because a lot of people that walk the spiritual path experience this shocking duality of, of being in such a beautiful space in their spiritual life, but then having to go to work. In Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So there, there's this big disconnect. So the awakening point has been created to help spiritual people um, earn their living doing what they really love in their spiritual right. practice. And whether they believe they can or they can't, whether sure. they think, oh, there's no money in that, that's all, that's all things that has to be uh, realized. And it's all, you know, it's all ego-based. Right. I mean, I, I really work from a space of almost inner anarchy now. There's no, there's no mm. rules. If you were to ask me, you know, what direction are you going in? I'm not 100% sure yet other than it is a, a, a mission to help people um, shift from an intellectual mindset to a more heart-centered, uh, emotional place where, right. where they're being driven by intuition because yes. the intellect shuts down intuition if we yeah. become too intellectual, which is what's happened with this planet for the last however long. It's Correct. so male-dominated that male, that, that, that male energy is very linear. It's very direct. It goes straight yeah. for the bullseye. It's very, um, it's very intellectual. And, and in yes. doing that, it doesn't, it doesn't understand 
um, the, the, the power of intuition, which is far greater than aiming for a bullseye. You know, intuition yes. is a big picture thing. So um, yeah. the awakening points a lot about that as well. Bringing, bringing, so it's almost like you're teaching people how to almost, I'm not saying completely remove from, but to almost step out of the idea of, of um, strategies and scripts and marketing plans, if you like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of, of, yes. of synchronicity and intuition and things like that. 100%. The best marketing plan I ever came up with was, you know, around about 12 months ago, I'm like, okay, this is my plan. I'm going to put the mouse over the go live button and I'm going to click it. And <laughs> that's, my, that, that's my marketing plan. Just compute, uh, like pure authenticity. Uh, Trace laughs at me because my live casts, I come up with a topic about five minutes before. Yeah, I sit down in front of the laptop, <laughs> I come up with a topic, I type it in the heading and I hit live. And I'm not even ready. Yes. I don't even know what I'm going to say. And yes. it just all blurts out kind of it's thing. It's all spirit. So, yeah, see, that's yeah. you making space. for. It's not. It's almost like it's, it's not Mike going on live. It's spirit using Mike as the messenger. I did my Facebook lives the same way. And it's such a, even this radio show, like you and I spoke just before we, you know, um, went live on, I said, I don't know what we're going to call this show. How about we just jump on? Let's just chat. Let's just see what message comes out and we'll use that message. That'll be the title of the show. We're not trying exactly. to construct a show around the title. We're going to, we're going to find, discover the title in amongst the seeds that were sown in this show. Beautiful. I That's love it. it. That's exactly right. You know, oh, and gosh. I mean, just the, the, the lessons that I learned from my 11 year old, my eight-year-old, you know, my wife, just at home every day, just that alone, the lessons that I learned just from, from these beautiful souls that I'm sharing my life with, um, then goes on to like flow for the rest of the day when I walk out the door into my business affairs, into like everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably the biggest shift that has happened for me. I stopped struggling before I was struggling. I was pushing shit uphill because like you mentioned, I had my own agenda. Yes. Mike, little tiny Mike thought that <laughs> he could, you know, uh, disrupt the flow of the universe and impose mm -hmm. his own needs, wants and <laughs> desires on the world, you know, <laughs> oh, so good. And, um, you know, where now it's like, Oh my God, what the hell? <laughs> oh my God. It's so good. Mike, listen, I'm, I'm afraid we have to close this up. I feel like I could talk to you for like three hours. Yeah. I reckon we, you and I just need to get on a conversation one day, just talk for however long we feel like we need to talk until we run out and then we'll just get some editor to just come along and somehow create a show out of that <laughs> because I just feel like we could seriously talk for hours and, and there's a pretty good chance that because of our connection and you know, the mutual honor, not just respect, but honor between us, you know, it, it creates a, um, an environment where the listeners probably feel like they could listen to us for hours. As much as we could speak for hours, you know, if, the, if, if people are feeling connected to our energy um, as well as our message, then they feel like they can listen for hours. And these are, you know, a, a seed doesn't grow because of the potential within the seed. A seed grows according to uh, the environment it is planted in because the seed can have all the potential it likes but if it's planted on cement it's never ever ever going to have a chance to express its potential so you know it's not so much about 
just what's within a seed, but more importantly, the environment. And I feel like, you know, what you and I have done today is create an environment for all of those seeds that are sitting at the base of the souls in so many people to begin to sprout. You know, as soon as the seed falls on the right ground, it starts to take root. So I want to, uh, I want to thank you for your message. Um, and you know what, Mike, I really want to truly and deeply thank you for everything that you had to go through for everything you endured for um you know for having the braveness and the courage to learn the lessons that you had to that you had to make yourself learn um in order to be able to be here in this space now providing this kind of value and and serving people with your gift because you know success does demand demand that we pay a price of course, and, and that price, you know, to, to be uh, truly able to serve people, it, we don't get here for free, right? We, we, I mean, we literally pay the largest dividends, but we also receive, you know, the greatest value back. So thank you for whatever it has taken, um, you know, thank your family for us because they paid the price too in order to help Mike become who he is today to be able to deliver like you just have in this conversation. So, um, you know, please give my love to the kids and to Tracy and, and thank them for, you know, um, seeing the value in you so that, so that she, uh, you know, she didn't walk away because you would have a very different story and a very different message if, um, if she felt like she couldn't give it another go or, you know, she couldn't believe in you again, if you like. So thank you to you and, and to the whole of your family. And thank you very much, Holly, for everything that you're doing. I really, really appreciate it. This has been wonderful and I'm, I'm here anytime. Okay. You. All right. We're going to do a monthly chat or something. <laughs> Maybe not monthly. <laughs> but, right. but I would love to have you again for sure. <laughs> thank well, you thank so you much, Holly. Much. Absolutely. Thank you too. And for those of you out there, you know, um, you're sitting there, you're feeling inspired, you know, maybe a seed has been planted in your heart from today, or maybe the veil has been lifted off your eyes, or maybe you just, maybe all today was for you was validation of something that you've been feeling lately anyway. So whatever it was, understand that you know, the journey from here, this the journey of awakening, the journey of authenticity and, and, and unbecoming, you don't have to become anything. It, the process of unbecoming everything you're not, of releasing and letting go of all of the identities that truly don't belong to you, they, it, it takes so much courage. So please, as you depart from here today, depart from here with courage. Don't leave here the same person you were when you got here. Depart from here with courage. The courage to believe in a better way, the courage to voice what you've got to say, the courage to thrive when times are tough, and above all else, the courage to know you are good enough. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks again, Mike. Thank you.